Artists and creatives, you have the power to heal, transform, and elevate lives. Are you ready to step into your power? Welcome to Superfan Attraction. Hello and welcome to Superfan Attraction, personal branding for artists and creatives. I have a great guest for you today. Her name is Anne Alexander Cedar, and she's an actor, screenwriter, podcaster, and coach passionate about empowering actors to unlock their unique essence so that they can elevate their marketing materials in a way that filmmakers find irresistible. And she's the host of the Act Bold podcast, where she interviews other actors and casting directors and industry people. And uh, we have a very similar way of working, I think, where we want you to think about the business side of your creative career. And so I'll just get right to it and have her introduce herself to you guys. Hello. hello thank hello. you for joining me. It's going to be such a great conversation. Well, um, thank you for having me on. Welcome to the show. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is Anne Alexander Cedar. I am an American actress living and working in Germany, but I'm not just an actress. I'm also a screenwriter, a podcaster, a coach. Um, so wearing many, many hats, I'm a big multi-hyphenate, I guess. And yeah. uh, the story of how I came to Germany, an American actress living in Germany is also an interesting one, but I'm not sure if you're into hearing that whole story. Or yeah. Not. Yeah. So I, I met my husband on a blind stories. date. 28 years ago. Wow. And uh, when back then, my only German word was Fahrvergnügen, which means the joy of driving. <laughs> so I came to Germany with like nothing other than how to say the joy of driving, the joy of driving. <laughs> and um, yeah, that was that was it. And I kind of thought that my acting career was over, to be honest. I'd been SAG after equity back in the States. And back then, I think I was leaving a lot up to luck and chance. And I did have a, a good amount of both in the beginning. Um, and then, you know, as I moved to Germany and had a baby and then sort of didn't, didn't speak the language perfectly or honestly at all in the beginning, I had to learn how to speak German. Um, but I never will speak it as a native speaker. I always, no matter how good my German is, I, I still have an accent. So I, I really thought that my dream of being an actress, I was so far away from my idea of what it meant to be an actress, was, was over. So I was trying to find other ways. And I was always doing acting adjacent things while I was living here. Um, I, I supported, you know, we, we bought a house in Florida with a, what I learned on uh, voiceover and commercials and doing moderation. So it was acting adjacent, but it wasn't, wasn't acting. And then when my son was about 15, 16 years old, the kid did not want to hang out with me anymore. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> the nerve? Got to get that kid into therapy. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was when I realized that like, like I had dedicated all this time, and I think so many women do this. We dedicate all this time and, you know, put all this love and passion into our, our children, our families. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're not necessary <laughs> on that level anymore that you were, and you have to realign, okay, who am I and what do I want? And that's what I really did. 
um, I, I realized that I, I had put this dream kind of on the back shelf and all of a sudden it was there like clawing, you know, I went out, I went out of this closet and on a whim, I looked for an acting workshop in Munich, uh, in English, because that was very important to me back then. And there happened to be a coach visiting from LA. His name was Kirk Baltz. He's the guy who gets his ear cut off in Reservoir Dogs, in case anybody knows that. And um, really great actor, really great coach. And I got done with that three-day workshop feeling like I had been underwater for the past 13 years, and now I could finally breathe. Wow. It was like I knew what I, I had to do this. And I just kind of threw myself back into it. And with, with, with a intention, I think is the best word for it. And I decided this time around, I was not going to leave everything up to luck and chance. First of all, I was 47. So, I mean, the luck and chance that I had back then was probably because I was 20 years old, yeah. you know, that it's not the same kind of luck and chance that you get when you're 47 as a woman in this industry. So yeah. I was, I, my intention was to be much more strategic. So I immediately started bringing coaches from LA, from New York, from London, from Berlin into Munich because they just weren't there, you know, not English speaking. There, there are other right. coaches here, but not English speaking. And I was bringing in at least one coach a month. And then I was organizing workshops so that we could practice what we had learned with these new coaches until I felt like that my basically conservatory style training click back into place. And I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm good enough. Right. I, Cause I do mm. believe in imperfect action. I can always be better, but I was good enough to like get myself out there again. And then I started hiring coaches for, you know, for, for branding, for marketing, for, for networking, just like the business side of it, because that's what I felt like as actors, we always learn about the skill of acting, but we learn nothing about what it means, the yeah. business of acting, nothing. That's every art I find. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of artists uh, use that as a an excuse, I guess, to hold back too. Oh, I just want to concentrate on my art. Well, like, yeah, yeah and it is it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, then, then you might as well be doing community theater yeah. because either you want to be a professional actor and then you'd have to take it professionally yeah. and look at it as a professional business, or just, if you just want to act, there are plenty of places to act and that's yeah. fine. So, so anyway, and I even became a life and career coach first for myself, because yeah. I wanted to kind of like unlimit, yeah, unblock my own limiting beliefs and, and yeah. you know, whatever I felt like I might have in a way that was going to sabotage me. And then I started my podcast as well, Act Bold. This was much later, but this was also to network. Like, yeah. I would like to work with this casting director. I would like to work with that casting director. How can I get them to sit down and talk to me person to person, not yeah. actor to casting director? Of course, I am an actor. Of course, I am asking questions. Mm. But how can I get them to do this so that they're looking at me so that we're on the same level? Yeah. And the podcast has been amazing for that, for, for fostering these relationships. And I've had several of them who I count as actually my friends now, which has been fantastic. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the short version of my very long 28 year story. 
<laughs> what was it that first drew you to acting as a kid? Oh, God, I remember the exact moment it happened. Wow. I had been cast in Oliver Twist. I was at summer camp. And the casting of it was everybody had to audition. And I didn't even know what auditioning meant back then, you know, but everybody had to audition. We were just sort of, you know, shuffled from one room to the next. Here, read this. Here, uh, sing this. Here, dance that. Blah, 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 blah. And then they posted who got what. And I, I was not invested in this whatsoever. I could have cared less whether I had been in the, you know, in the chorus or had a lead part. But I ended up getting the only real lead, female lead in, in the entire play, which was to play Nancy. Because it's a, it's a cast of all, I don't know if you're familiar with it, the orphans. And, really. Anyway, it's a very famous musical about an orphan named Oliver who asks for more porridge, basically. And he gets yeah. uh, caught up with this group of pickpockets. And, and so he's in with this bad group. And, and my character, Nancy, was in love with the leader of this pickpocket gang. And even that during rehearsals, you know, it was fun. I was having a good time, but it wasn't until we were opening night. I could see the people. I can still see them. I still get goosebumps when I think about it. I could see the audience in silhouette. I couldn't see anybody's faces because the lights were so bright, but I could see them in silhouette. And there was this moment when I was singing, as long as he needs me, that all of a sudden it was like that the air shifted. And the only way I can imagine it, although I've never skydived, but I imagine it's sort of that feeling when you jump out of the plane before you fall, when you're sort of hovering there. And that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like this bubble. And I was just like, it was me and the audience and we were one and I knew I had them. And it was yeah. just like the most intoxicating feeling. And it, I, I liken it to a drug because it really was. It was like that first, you know, hit of a really strong drug. And then I just, I'm like a junkie who's always looking for that connection again. Yeah. And so that's, that was my first moment of really falling in love with the art of acting. Coming to be an actress, you know, took about 10 years after that because I, like you, didn't realize, you know, that. A, a, a creative career was a possibility. Yeah. And well, you love that live audience. Um, what brought you to film and television as opposed to say theater? Oh, I love theater. I, I did a lot of theater back in Chicago where, which is where I am from. Um, but then when I moved to Germany that, you know, that just sort of ended that um, there wasn't yeah. a whole lot of opportunity for me to be doing theater here as non-native speaker, especially yeah. back then when they were very, you know, you needed to speak what they call high German. And that's without dialect, without any kind of color to your German. It would be RP English for the, right. for the, for the people in the UK. So, so there was just no way but even it wasn't just me. It was also like Germans who came from Bavaria. They had to get rid of their accent. Germans who came from Saxony had to get rid of their accent. They wanted this right. really, really neutral thing. So there was just no way for me to make a career of theater here in Germany. Yeah. 
also because I could have gone, gone, I had auditioned and could have gone on to do some traveling shows, right. That would travel around Europe, but I had a baby and there was just no way I was going to leave my baby, you know? So that was, that was where the switch sort of came in. And then initially there was a big boom around 2000 towards the end of the nineties, early 2000, there was a big financial boom. People were making tons of money in the stock market, things like that. So there were productions going on everywhere. People had never invested in a TV series or a film. They were investing. So there was a lot of that going on at the moment. And I ended up getting cast uh, in a in a show called Ice Planet, which never took off beyond the beyond the uh, pilot. But it was it was sort of it was um, directed by a man named Rick Colby, who who directed a lot of the Star Trek stuff. So it was like along those lines. Yeah. And from that, I it was one of those things again where it was like I was completely oblivious. I went to the audition. And I had a great time. And then it was like months later, I never heard anything back. So I was like, okay, obviously that was nothing. And then they called and had told me I, I got the part. And I'm like, okay, thinking it was a voiceover. I was like so unimpressed. And then they keep, and the, uh, I mean, and they're, they're like, no, you got the part. And I was like, okay, yeah. When do I need to be there? What, you know, what is it? You know, just, I was like, and I was in a hurry on top of it. So it was like, you know, just get me the information. I'll write it down. And then it was like, all of a sudden it clicked what it was. And I was like, oh, because they started asking about my agent. And I was, I didn't have an agent. You know, I had been recommended from a friend of mine who was an actor and a voiceover actor as well. Right. And so I was like, ah, hold, please. You know, what do I do here? I'll get back to you on that. (laughs) So I called up my friend immediately and told him I ended up getting a part. Thank you so much. I owe you dinner. And he recommended an agent to me. And she was one of the top agents at the time in in the area. And um, I came to her, was like, I've got this part. But I've not negotiated the contract or anything. Can Would you do this? And she was like, of course. So that was kind of that. And the problem with her was she was fantastic. I really liked her. She was really behind me. But she was not embracing who I was, which was an American right. who happened to be living in Germany. And she kept telling people that I was a German who had spent a ton of time in America. But as soon as I showed up, and people were flying me places for auditions. So, they, right. I mean, they were pissed, to be honest. You know, yeah. I mean, I would get there, and they had spent all this money. And then I would walk in, and then they, they were like, oh, you're not German. I was like, uh, and she wouldn't even tell me. I didn't even know until right. I was so You're like, no, I'm right. not. <laughs> no, yeah. And so that was that was too bad. And then I ended up getting cast in a soap opera here. Um, but it was shooting in Cologne. I live in Munich. And that was a two-year contract. And I was like gung-ho. Uh, you know, I was like, yes, ready to go. They've got daycare. I'm taking my baby. I'm going to go and I'll come home with a baby on the weekends. And my husband was yeah. like, absolutely not. Which I get. I would have said the same thing. You're, right. You can go, but you are not taking our baby. <laughs> and that's basically what he said. And so I ended up backing out. She ended up dumping me, rightly so, you know, no hard feelings. And that's when I was like, okay, well, I, this is my life. You know, I have a beautiful family. I 
I have a successful voiceover career. I have a successful commercial and presenting career. You know, I was doing a lot of moderation and things like that for, for different things. So just be happy because people would be happy to have just what you have. So just be happy. But honestly, I, I wasn't, you know, I was always looking for something to fill that creative hole. And I, I did blogs before blogs were a big thing. I did, you know, I was doing mosaics. I was painting. I studied interior design, jewelry design. Um, I was just, you know, bouncing around from all these different things. And I would do it for a few years and be super passionate, you know, just obsessed. And then all of a sudden one day I'd be like, I'm done. That, it just, yeah. it, you just it described multi-passionate, multi-potentialites. <laughs> Well, but I, th- I think the thing was, I was looking without knowing it, I was looking for something to fill that hole. Yeah. You know, something that fulfilled me like acting does. And there was, I think, yes, I, I think, you know, we all have many lives inside of us, right? We all have the potential to have taken many paths. And that's the fascinating thing about an actor is we can explore these different paths. But for me, really the thing that gets me going is the, the connection, the storytelling and the, you know, being a part of that kind of a thing. And so then, you know, by the time I came back to it, when my son was 15, 16 years old, you know, at that point, then it was much easier to, to get back into film and television because I spoke German at that point. Right. So, and it just, but I still had the problem of not speaking German perfectly, which kind of precluded the, the theater scene. So that was right. a very long winded way of explaining why I got into film and television as opposed to theater, but I love yeah. both. Yeah. And when did you start your podcast? Uh, my podcast is not that old. I started it on February 22nd of this year. So I okay. just had my 30, you were my 35th episode. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah. what have been some of the highlights of people that you've gotten to interview? Uh, and uh, I don't know. Tell me about that. Sure. Um, I've interviewed some amazing casting directors. Um, probably the two that come to my mind that were the the most fun. One is Cassandra Hahn, who's actually now a friend of mine. She is also the president of the European Casting Society. So she's she's very high up, but she's very down to earth, which yeah. is wonderful. She's also an American who lives in oh, Munich. Yeah. I mean, it's just like these weird coincidences. So of course we had so much in common, right? Yeah. And also that we both are obsessed with film and, and that kind of a thing. And she just was so generous and giving with her the things that, you know, that make a good casting, a good self-tape, the things that actors need to uh, really be aware of. But I find that this is a theme, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not like one says one thing and the other says, you know, they're not day and night. Everybody's basically saying the same thing. Be authentic, be true to your impulses, be surprising, you know, be, be interesting. And the only way to be interesting is if you are authentically you. So yeah. it boils down to that. So she was one. And then there's another wonderful casting director and his wife uh, out of Australia, Greg Apps, and his wife, Robin uh, Gibbs. Fantastic. Such a character. So much fun. And he's also, you know, he, he also coaches people on self-tapes and finding like 
characters to, uh, oh, in a way to brand themselves with, which is very interesting. You know, it's not necessarily, it's like, like I know my branding as an actress, right? I pay, yeah. I generally play uh, women who maybe go down, but not without a fight or like the mother with a ton of empathy and yet is being pulled by something else, whether that's a passion or a sickness or um, something like an illicit thing or something, you know, it's like I, uh, I also, and then the, on the other side of that, I'll also play like, you know, the, these boss bitches, you know, who are totally like taking themselves way too seriously. And um, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely have both of those, those sides to me. Um, but his thing is really like going into and developing like two or three real characters that you can say, you know, this is, you know, this is me. I play yeah. a cop or I play this, or which it's interesting. Um, he's very good at what he does. He's one of the top casting directors in, in Australia. And his podcast was also, or my episode with him was also just filled with so many golden nuggets. I mean, truly uh, for actors, I highly recommend that you watch that episode because it was, it was, it was just chock full of stuff. Yeah. What, what's his podcast name? I don't think he has a podcast. His name is Greg Apps. He's a casting director. Oh, okay. ca so yeah. He was, he was on, on my podcast. Okay. Act Bold. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and do you coach artists as well? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I coach actors on the business of acting. Right. There are so many wonderful acting coaches. Um, and I think all actors know that they need to be working on their skill as an actor, but yeah. what they don't know or don't seem to know many of them is that they also need to be working on the business of acting. Yeah. And for me, one of the things that I really, <clears throat> excuse me, that I really discovered when I came back to acting and I became very intentional and strategic about it, that success leaves clues. This is no secret. We hear this all the time. But for me, those clues were like beacons. And it was, there are five, basically five pillars of a thriving acting career. And you need to be able to assess them and see the health of each pillar. And for me, those pillars are branding, uh, mindset, marketing, networking, and community. And they're all important. Of course, mindset, yeah. without that, you have nothing right? Yeah. I mean, no matter what you do. So you must have the correct mindset, but, but also because as actors, it's so important to put yourself out there and to unapologetic, unapologetically put yourself out there. And you must believe in yourself, right? I was listening to a really interesting, do you know, Alex Harmozy, I think that's his name. He's, he's, he's yeah. actually a business coach. He's fantastic. Yeah. And I do listen to a lot of business coaching because I, yeah. you know, acting is a business. Um, but he was talking about, you must have belief in what you are selling. And as actors, we are selling ourselves. We are yeah. selling our talent, but we are also selling ourselves. And yeah. if you don't believe in you, why should anybody else? Yeah. So the thing he said that, that really resonated with me was, he said, if you could go back in time and 
buy Apple stock. You know, tell your past, you know, your go to the future and tell your past self to go buy stock in Apple 10 years ago, right? What would you be doing from the future to get yourself to buy stock in that company? What are all the things that you would be doing to get yourself to buy stock in that company? Would you be writing emails? Would you be calling? Would you be sending pictures? Would you be, I mean, what would you be doing, right, to, to get yourself to do that? Well, you have to think of yourself like that Apple stock, right? You are as valuable as that. And you have to treat yourself that way. And what are you doing to get the word out about yourself? In a way, so this is sort of a catcher with it because it is about ourselves. We have to be careful. I think you have to be very assertive with grace or with humor or with charm, whatever your kind of superpower, or with intelligence, right? Whatever your superpower is, whatever that thing is that makes you, you, and is a big part of who you are, that's what you need to be being assertive with. So if you don't feel comfortable being funny and assertive, then don't. Don't yeah. just be assertive. That's abrasive, right? But yeah. be, be assertive in a, in, a, in a way that is magnetic instead of repulsive. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to do that personal work, development work, and mindset work. So important because you, you, it when you do that work, then you can stand and be like, sell yourself in a way of, yeah, I'm really good at this, and just owning yeah. it. Yes, and absolutely. No, and it, I'm you know not what? When you see it as a fact, this. what's that? And even be like, yeah, maybe I'm not as good at that, but my strength is this. Yes, absolutely. And when you it. say it as a fact, it's not yeah. bragging, right? Yeah. I know I'm a good actress. I am a good actress. It is just what it is. Could I be better? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But I know I'm good. So yeah. that's, and, and I'm very confident in that. And I think you have to be. Yeah. But I, but I also know how I fit into different worlds and you have to know that as well. And you can't know that as an actor, unless you know who you are and what you're bringing to the table for free, right? Yeah. The, the things that you don't, what I mean by that is it's like, we all have these essences inside of us, right? These there's my dog. These are the things that you bring to the table for free. So, so what I was saying before about my branding my, as an actress, right? That I play these um, sort of complex mother roles, right? A mother who, who fiercely is, is, you know, behind her kid, but also torn by something else. Um, or these kind of boss bitches who are taking themselves too seriously and yet have a streak of empathy. Or I also play some pretty ice cold bitches as well. <laughs> but in any case, that's not who I am though. Yeah. So, but um, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Boom, boom, boom. I lost my train of thought. Where was we I? Were, we were talking about the importance of mindset and owning your your gifts owning and being confident and being be able to put yourself out there and just say, yes, yes. Okay. I'm great at this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think it also goes back to as, you know, knowing your brand, right? And, oh, I know what it was, knowing how you fit into 
the worlds, because that's right. what a, a series is, is a world, or yeah. a film is a world. How do you fit into that world? You must know that about yourself. Yeah. And you must know what you're drawn to, because there are things that we're drawn to, maybe to watch, like you and I were talking about earlier. I am drawn yeah. to watching van life but I have no intention of ever living in a van. And yeah. it's also similar. We can be drawn to watching certain things on television or, or whatever, you know, streaming, but, but it, we wouldn't maybe have an interest in being in that kind of a show. Yeah. So I think you have to know like what, what you resonate with, as you were saying before, what, what your values are, what your, because values are not just about, you know, don't lie, don't cheat, don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Values are also what makes me laugh, what makes yeah. me sad, what is important to me. And I think also it's super important for actors to, speaking of values, find something that's really important for them to, to represent. So what do I mean by that? For instance, there's a friend of mine who is, uh, well, she says that she calls herself a fat actor. So, so, and she has a movement in Germany that basically translates to all bodies in sight, which I think is, I love it. Yeah. And she's, and you know, tall, thin, in a wheelchair, not in a wheelchair, whatever. All bodies in sight. We are not just, you know, stick figures walking around on this earth. Old, yeah. young. There's another actress who has a platform for actresses over 47, which obviously as an actress over 47, I find that very interesting. Yes. Um, or for actors of color, because, you know, people are always surprised. Oh, you have black people in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have black German people. Yes, we do. They're not all blonde hair and blue eyed. And they yeah. are, they are representative of the culture that is Germany at this point yeah. and should be represented on film because I think it's so important for filmmakers to, ref when possible, sometimes you are reflecting a world and you must show it in a way that is not ideal because it's the story. Yeah. But whenever possible, I think it's our job as filmmakers to reflect the world as it should be, as it could be. So if we're, if it's a story about finances or whatever, it may be a male dominated industry, but there are women in it. So show yeah. it, show some women, make your company the exception in this film, you know, that has a, two women in it, you yeah. know, as opposed to, you know, eight guys and no women at all, which I've, yeah. I've had, you know? Yeah. And I recently did an episode on core values and it's, it is what you stand for. Yeah. And I've even recently learned that you, it's all fine and dandy to list out your core values as creativity and honesty and the, you know, whatever you, most people would say, but when your values are tested, then it really comes down to like, what do you stand for? What is in your gut saying, this is not right, or this is, I, I, 
don't want to be a part of that. This is not my integrity. Oh, integrity apparently is number one, you know, you discover it when you're in situations and do you stick with your values? Yeah. Absolutely. But I think the the interesting thing is if you can find something that you're passionate about, it may be your dog. Maybe you're just passionate about your dog and and all animals. And, you know, or maybe you're passionate about, you know, homeschooling your kid. We are not just our profession. We are also human beings with other outside interests. Yes. And I, I know so many actors who are also doctors, lawyers. Right. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Those two professions, not so much other things, not so much engineers and things like yeah. that, but doctors and lawyers. Yes. And, you know, that is something you can lead with because you could do a procedural. You could do you could be on like an ER type show. Right. Yeah. And play that so authentically. Or, or something what like all suits. those words mean. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like nothing for you where if I have to learn that, you know, a lawyer speak or something, it's I'll be doing yeah. that for days trying to make that sound natural. Yeah. Because it's just not natural. It doesn't come naturally to me. It's not part of my everyday life. Yeah. So I think, you know, there are things what we have, you know, there are people in the military, right? Or have firearms training. And these, these are all really interesting things. So put it out there. And it's something yeah. that you can use on social media as well. Like to put it out there, you know, say yeah. this is something I'm passionate about. Singers, dancers, gymnasts, yeah. you know, these are all things that even, even, you know, I have uh, uh, an actor friend who's always doing cooking videos and yeah. who knows if that will ever lead anywhere for him, but who's to say it won't? It right? could be that one he's thing having that fun. sets you apart that makes people go, well, obviously they're perfect for the role. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. And you just never know. But the diff- the thing is, he's having fun. Yeah. And that's what's important, right? So you, it's not, you, you shouldn't find something like, mm, you know, what, what can be my thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but As come naturally. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. So since this show is super fan attraction, what are some of the things, what are some of the things that you do to put yourself out there to promote yourself or attract the right people to you? What are some of the things that you've learned is like, oh, I really need to make a priority to do this, this, and this. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's really important to find a way to do your outreach in a way that not everybody else is doing it, right? right? All actors, and I do it too. So not to say that I don't do this, yeah. but I also do things above it. All actors were always sending emails to casting directors and this and that. This is one of the reasons, as I said before, why I started my podcast so that I could have one-on-one conversations with people that I want to work with. And it's very effective. You know, I I highly recommend it to you actors. (laughs) It's very effective to develop these relationships and let people know because you can, just as you and I are just having a conversation, you can tell what I am passionate about, what I'm knowledgeable about, and things like that. And the same thing is, you know, in the conversations with the casting directors on on the podcast or the directors or the other actors, those kind of things. So that's one thing. And um, 
but it's not something that just anybody can do. But you know what? I do have a way. Well, I always call it one way to get anything you want. Cow. <laughs> yes, I will. Yeah. I will actually. And it's you make a list of 20 people and you rate those people two ways. The first one is how willing are these 20 people on the list? Say you want to say, I want to get uh, an interview in cast mag. That's a big uh, magazine here for actors, right? Who do I know? Make a list of 20 people and you can look on LinkedIn, who's connected to who, right? You can sort of yeah. figure these things out or look on Instagram and see who they are following and who's following them. So there are ways to find out who's, who is connected to who. But yeah. once you've got that figured out, make a list of the 20 people that hopefully you have at least some connection to, and then rate them on how willing they would be on a scale from one to five to help you and how able they are on a scale from one to five to help you. And then reach out to those people in a way this is also something you need to be a little bit careful about because you don't want to immediately reach out with an ask. You want to yeah. always be reaching out with, you know, a give in some way if you can. Um, so definitely, even if that give is just, you know, starting a dialogue with a, uh, you know, I really enjoyed your last show or blah, blah, you know, this, this and yeah. this casting was super interesting. What were you thinking or whatever on social yeah. media? Don't write an email because they're in, you know, their email boxes yeah. are inundated with that. And then somebody is going to be able to make that connection for you to, be able to pitch that person who is not in your network. Right. So that's yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And I found that to be extremely effective. And another thing, don't ever underestimate the power of asking, do you know anybody who can help me? Do you know yeah. anybody? Right. Can you Can you give me two names that I should reach out to? And I've also found, this is another thing that I found to be very effective. Um, is asking for advice. People yeah. are flattered by that, you know, and yeah. at the very least, you're going to get some interesting advice. And at the very most, you might have begun a relationship with someone who's in a position to help you. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. It's all connections and building relationships. And that's absolutely like thinking outside the box, too, if everyone's sending yeah. this emails like make a point of finding them on social media commenting on their stuff reaching out to them doing a dm and yeah people want to share what they know too so asking for advice is a great one too yeah absolutely and especially if you see someone like make a post about something you know and you everybody wants their post to do well right so the more you comment on it and things like that and don't just yeah. do random stuff it has to be you know, be smart about it. Be, be yeah. authentic about it. Don't just be, yeah. because people know when they're being BSed, yeah. even on social media. Well, another tip that I always give is that when you are on those platforms of say that profile on Instagram and yeah, all their comments are one word with some emojis. Yeah. Like, and if you're the one that actually writes a full sentence, you know, yes. you're going to stand out. 
<laughs> so true. Yeah. It, if that sentence is actually genuine, you know, yeah. they're going to, that's going to stand out because yes. when most people are lazy when it comes to the comments. Absolutely. And they're commenting one words with emojis. Yeah. But if you have a genuine comment, that's going to stand out, yeah. especially on those accounts that are huge because they get a lot of those yes random things but if you're yeah. the one that's genuine it'll stand out yeah i have yeah. another tip for your listeners as well have two accounts one account on instagram is for you as a person and then yeah. you can follow people back and all of that and then the other account account is just to be following people that you want to know what's going on with them so especially okay. for actors because our Social media feeds can get so clogged up with other actors' goings on, right? And of course, yeah. I want to know what my colleagues are doing, which is why I have my social media thing. But I, yeah. but I also want to know what the casting directors are doing and what the producers and the directors, and I don't want that to get lost in this feed of everybody else, my right. friends, my colleagues, my family, right? So I think it's really smart to just kind of have a stealth, <laughs> you know, uh, social media presence and so that you know what's going on. Yeah. But aren't you running two different, like, isn't that more work to run two different ones? I was thinking maybe you could, um, there's a, a thing you could do favorites and you could put all your casting directors and people that you really want to know in a favorites and you go to that and you can see all their things that way. That's true. That is true. I guess you could do that. But I think, I don't know. Just, I mean, there just end up being so many. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I don't know how many favorites you're allowed to have. And not every casting director is posting something every minute that, right? It, right? That it, right. So it's, it's just a way to. You don't really post much on there. It's just to. Exactly. Okay. Just to, to see. What's going and then on. you can go into your other account to go and, comment. Because I'm okay. already following them on my other account. Yeah. But I may have missed their post, whereas yeah. that way I don't miss their post. Yeah. Especially these days where you scroll and all you're seeing is sponsored ads. Yeah. And I'm like, God. where's the people I actually want to see? I know. I'm making like I'm I'm making a point to actually go on there and actually find the people that I want to see or whether it's the hashtags or go find other accounts and go see who's following them and go see what yeah. their page oh, is about. Like, that's what I want to see. Cause if I only do the scroll, I'm just not going to see anyone's posts that I actually yeah. want to see. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I always get sidetracked by the really cute clothes from China, <laughs> which <laughs> I always regret ordering <laughs> at three in the morning. Mine is cat videos. Oh yeah. Mine is dogs. I yeah. love dogs. Yeah. 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 All animals. Yeah. 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 The, the golden retrievers, they are funny. Even, I have a border collie, but golden oh, retrievers yeah. are definitely funny dogs. <laughs> yeah. It's entertainment. And sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll, well, that's also what I do is I'll share some of those to my stories so that again, it shares your personality of like, this is what I'm into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a break when you're watching the stories of like, oh, cute uh, Black Panther yeah. <laughs> doing something funny or a bear doing right. something funny. And yeah. then sometimes people even will start sending me those too. Yeah. So it's a good way yeah. to kind of 
put some. I saw a, a post today from Robin Williams. He was supposed to do one line for a commercial and he's literally riffing for 13 minutes. And the director <laughs> kept saying, Mr. Williams, Mr. Williams, could you please just say, Mr. Williams? <laughs> it's like, and he's just going on and on and on and on and on. I mean, the man yeah. was just like, he was, he was a machine. He was incredible. Was so funny. Yeah, he was. He such couldn't a be tragedy. contained. Yeah. Yeah. He just yeah. loved it. You could just see yeah. it, you know, in this commercial. And I just shared that today. So oh, things yeah. like that I always find interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom and your story. Where can people find you online? Ah, let's see. You can find me on YouTube at Act Bold, A-C-T-B-O-L-D, which is kind of my life's motto and philosophy for acting and for life. Yes. Yes. And also on Instagram, my name is Anne Alexander Cedar. And I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. And so you can find me on that. And um, yeah, I also offer a 15-minute free coaching. So if anybody has a question about their branding or about how to get serious about the business of acting, um, I would love to jump on a call with someone. So I will give you my link for that as well. Wonderful. Yeah. That'd be great. And just, you know, I'm always slide into my DM. I answer. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure, Diane. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Superfan Attraction. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review so that others can find this show as well. To connect with me, I'm Diane Foy Arts on all socials and in the Superfan Attraction group on Facebook.